I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tuesday morning show. So depending upon where you are, what time zone, maybe what country you're in, we do have an international audience and it's always fun to mix in either messages or now and then phone calls from international listeners. Thank you. If that's you and you're across the pond, it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So you can find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Last week, we gauged your interest, at least our listening audience at our social media, in the upcoming World Cup, which takes place around the holidays. So it's a little bit odd from a Middle Eastern nation, which poses a challenge with the time difference. We asked you, with the U.S. men's national team back on this stage, what is your excitement level? And I will admit that I was kind of surprised. So many of you said zero or very little, or you would only pay attention to the U.S. team. That's great. Let's let's root for the red, white, and blue. I believe that once the event starts, more people will be interested because it is the grandest stage in all of sports. This is the biggest event globally in the sports world. So I'm hoping that the excitement will be contagious. Right now, first ever guest from the Middle East, we're pleased to welcome Stephen Goff, who is covering the World Cup in Qatar for the Washington Post. And I think the last time we spoke to you, you were also in another country as the U.S. men's national team was qualifying. So you've been there for a little while, just since Sunday night, if I got your Twitter correct. Initially, and I don't know if you've been there before, what are your impressions of what you've seen over the last 36 hours, Stephen? Yeah, no, this is my first time in the Middle East, and certainly this is the first time the World Cup has been to the Middle East. Uh, Qatar, Qatar, <laughs> no matter how you say it, <laughs> um, it it's, a, uh, it's a unique place for a, for a major sporting event. Very small. I mean, think about, um, you know, it's a country smaller than, than Connecticut. Um, everything's very compact. It's, it's more like an Olympics at a typical World Cup where you go from city to city. Yeah, first impressions, I mean, it's it's winter here, but it's, it's still warm. It's, it's much cooler than it is in June, July, August when it's, you know, 115 degrees or whatever. It's uh, about 90 degrees. Uh, the temperatures are, are slowly dropping, so it's, it'll be in the 80s when the tournament starts. And it's, it's, it's pleasant at night. Um, you know, fans are starting to arrive. Games start on Sunday. It's a very modern city, a very uh, modern metropolitan area. Uh, you know, you go shopping. It's, it's it's like going to a typical American supermarket. Um, so, uh, yeah, it, it's very different. But in a lot of ways, it you know, it it, it it's symbolic of of how the world has 
has has shrunk. Do you sense a buzz there and electricity as the World Cup draws oh, yeah. closer? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's you know it's a country of three million people, um, and they're expecting, I guess, up to a million visitors at some point. You see it everywhere. I mean, there's a, there are large countries that host the World Cup um, where the daily rhythm continues, um, even with the tournament on site. Uh, here in a very small country, um, yeah, the World Cup is everywhere. Um, you know, between banners and, and giant projections on the sides of buildings uh, to the to marketing campaigns and, and then obviously the stadiums i mean you have eight major stadiums in a metro area one metro area uh hosting the world cup so um, so you can't miss it and i think people are very excited uh people who live here are eager to welcome the world certainly it's a country that's had a lot of received a lot of criticism for their human rights policies um and uh certainly the top of the mind of of people visiting um, you, you can't ignore that part of this. Nonetheless, people here have been very warm, very welcoming, very friendly. It's really interesting to think about the United States re-entry back into the World Cup because, of course, they missed it four years ago. And now we're looking at a squad that has, what, one veteran who's ever played in a World Cup before. So what's it been like for them uh, as they land in this country that's so different from the United States and they prepare to reintegrate back into the world of the World Cup? Yeah, it has been a while. Um, They missed 2018, as you said. The only player... Uh, from the 2014 squad in Brazil is DeAndre Yedlin, um, a right back who now plays for uh, MLS's Inter Miami. Is the youngest squad here. Uh, there's not a lot of international experience. There are a lot of players who play for big clubs in Europe yes, yes. Um, throughout the year, so they do have those experiences, and, and it's a highly talented squad. Um, it's probably four years ahead of its time. Um, you know, if you just look at the age and the experience, um, this team is probably better equipped to do well when the 2026 World Cup takes place in North America. But they're here now, and they should be here now. You know, the U.S. should never miss a World Cup. Uh, they did make events for, for missing in 2018 by qualifying for this one. I think we're all kind of curious to see how they perform. I mean, they could finish uh, second in their group. Uh, they could finish fourth. Hard to say. England is clearly the group favorite, but this U.S. team is is young and exciting and hungry. Stephen Goff is with us from Qatar. Qatar. Either way, he's there getting set <laughs> for the World Cup, which is taking place in November this year. And he's with the Washington Post, and we're excited to have him back on the show, especially on this historic occasion. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. What are the expectations as Greg Berhalter takes this team into the World Cup? They could go 2-0-1 in the group stage. They could go 0-3 in the group stage. Oh. Most likely, it'll be, it'll be somewhere in between. Um, the first game will tell us a lot. They're playing Wales. Wales hasn't been to the World Cup since 1958, but it's a, you know, it's a country with some great history and, and a lot of players from the uh, Premier League in England. Uh, very difficult match for the U.S. These are two teams, along with Iran, that 
seem to be fighting for second place. That's not to say England is definitely going to win the group, but they are clearly the favorites. The success-failure threshold for the U.S. in this World Cup is whether they get out of the group stage. If you know, if they finish in the top two in the group, they advance to the round of 16, it's a success. And anything beyond that is bonus. Um, if they don't get out of the group, I think it's going to be very disappointing. Based on FIFA rankings, they're the second-best team in this group. Uh, based on their personnel, the makeup of this roster, they probably should finish second. Um, but again, it's a, it's a young, it's a very young and uh, a bit naive squad in some ways. If they can get out of the group, it's it's a it's a good sign for U.S. soccer. Four years ago, when the United States missed qualifying, and I will never forget that draw against Trinidad and Tobago that dashed their hopes, Christian Pulisic was obviously heartbroken. And I remember that he wrote a story, I think it got published on the Players' Tribune, in which he had the specific number of days until the next World Cup would begin. What does he have to say about this experience so far? His focus has been on the World Cup. He was part of the team that did not make it. Uh, last time around, and, and um, you know, he was certainly one of the few bright spots um, in that last game against Trinidad. He's in the spotlight. You know, he's the most famous, most popular player on this team. He's been in major marketing and advertising campaigns. Um, there's great expectation on him to perform in this tournament. Um, and it comes at a time where he's, uh, you know, he plays for a big club, Chelsea, in, in London, uh, he's not a full-time starter, though. So, um, you know, he's he's got a lot to prove at this World Cup to show that he is a truly world-class player ready to take that next step in his career. Still only 24 years old. Um, there's a sense that, that this is his time to lead the U.S. team um, and uh, produce the quality soccer um, that he has shown um, in in his very early career. What is the identity of this particular team? We know the youth, but what else makes them who they are? Typically of U.S. teams, U.S. soccer teams, um, it's about, you know, it's about the work ethic. Um, it's about the cohesion, the chemistry. And, and Greg Berhalter's really emphasized that. And, and you saw it in his roster selections. You know, there were probably a few players uh, who had the, the talent, the ability, the, the portfolios, to be on this roster, but, but he wanted, he, he felt it was important to, to have some, as he calls them, glue guys, players that are important to the character of the team um, that, you know, he could rely on, on the field, but, but also, but also off the field. Um, in his experiences as a player, you know, there were teams that, that did not have good chemistry and it showed on the field. And now you're blending in a lot of skill and players who have um, risen through the European uh, leagues and so you mix the character the chemistry with the talent and you on paper have a very good team um you know whether they get the results or not remains to be seen but um you know it could be a fun team to watch at times you know there's some real character with this group Stephen Goff is with us from Qatar slash Qatar covering the World Cup for the Washington Post and has had a lot of experience covering World Cups, both men and women. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, do you still get really excited to see other parts of the world and, and this incredible event that is so much bigger outside the United States, to be fair? Yeah, definitely. Um, first time in the Middle East for me, first time in the Middle East for the World Cup. 
um, U.S. team <laughs> doesn't come here often either. Uh, so, you know, it's a new experience for a lot of people. You know, these U.S. players haven't been here. The World Cup is, you know, the biggest sporting event in the world. It's also the biggest party in the world. <laughs> now, certainly in Qatar, which is a much more conservative society, culture, it's going to be toned down a bit. You know, alcohol is legal here, but very restricted. So, you know, the usual um, <laughs> alcohol-infused parties that take place around the World Cup will not be as widespread as usual. Um, you can get alcohol. You can get beer. I mean, Budweiser is a major sponsor right. of the World Cup. It's not readily available. You know, there's not a pub on every corner by any means. Um, and it's, it's going to be different. And I think fans have to prepare for that and also, um, you know, respect the, you know, the culture. You dress more modestly here than you would in um, a warm weather setting for a, for a major sporting event or concert or uh, any, any large gathering. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be different. Do you expect there to be a lot of American fans who make this trip? Oh, absolutely. Um, typically, for, for many years now, the number one ticket-buying country for a World Cup has been the United States. You know, it was like that in South Africa in 2010, Brazil 2014, less so in Russia because the U.S. didn't qualify. But again, here. Now, that doesn't mean all those Americans are rooting for the U.S. team. I mean, the U.S., United States is a very diverse country, and people root for their former countries or their parents' you know, former countries. Um, so you'll have fans here who are American but are you know, supporting Ecuador or Mexico, you know, particularly the Latin American teams sure. where um, many, uh, you know, a large section of America has its roots. But, yeah, there'll be a heavy U.S. presence here. Um, also, you got to have a lot of money to come to a World Cup. And, right. you know, Americans... Americans typically have have some money, so they can afford to come to a World Cup. No Italy in this World Cup, which has been a bit of a stunner, right? And so I know I've heard from fans who lament that fact because they won't be able to cheer for Italy. However, uh, who are the favorites going into this World Cup? Start with France because they're the defending champion and they have an extraordinary roster. Um, But they also have some players out with injuries and um, and also, no one repeats. Uh, no one's repeated since 1962 when Brazil followed up from its 58 championship. So, um, you know, I'd say right now Brazil is the favorite. Um, and then you have Argentina, Belgium, England, uh, Germany, all in the mix for a championship run. Um, and, you know, we could have a surprise or two here as well. I mean, four years ago, Croatia made it all the way to the final. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it, Croatia had a lot of history, but no one expected them to make the, the championship game. Um, so we'll see how this unfolds. Um, I think people are very curious about Senegal, which um, an African team has never made the semifinals of the World Cup. Uh, Senegal has a lot of potential to go a long way. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I would put my money on, on Brazil right now. 
once it starts, it seems like it's all the rage. It's a little odd, though, because it's around the holidays here. So I'm kind of wondering how yep. it's going to uh, play out in the United States. I think it's challenging, though, whenever it's a sporting event that is, what, eight hours time difference ahead. So I'm kind of interested in that. When they missed the World Cup four years ago, it was obviously a huge hit to development, and we've seen multiple coaches. We've seen a lot of changes. Uh, We've seen the U.S. team struggle still before it found its stride. Uh, What do you think is the biggest difference about where the team was then and where the team is now? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a new generation of players coming through. Um, You know, guys who probably weren't quite ready uh, for 2018 are now at the forefront. Um, you know, there's a couple teenagers on this, on this roster. Um, it's, it's a fresh young group. Um, it's, uh, you know, it likes to play dynamic soccer. That's not always successful. It certainly has weaknesses. Um, it, it can't really match up with, with some of the bigger teams in the world. Um, but it's it's made great strides, and I think Greg Berhalter has done a good job of introducing new players, gotten a couple of regional championships, they qualified for the World Cup, so you know they're they're on the right path, and um, I think uh, you know I, I think it lends to um, uh, positive vibes heading forward. Um, obviously, you're judged on how you do at a World Cup, and. Um, you know, whether they, you know, if they can get out of the group, I think, um, I think it's a great, it's a great sign for, for everyone involved. People talk about so often, how can we grow the game of soccer in the United States? And I keep coming back to win. you win on the World Cup stage. And just like with the women going back to even 1999, there will be so much more interest and we'll see an explosion, I think, in the game. If that was the case, if they have a good run. Sure. I mean, they, you know, they went to the quarterfinals in 2002. That certainly helped the sport, the men. Um, that certainly helped the sport grow. Um, the growth of MLS um, has helped. Yes. The women's game can, can, continues to grow with the national team and the professional league, the NWSL. Um, so, yeah, no, the, the, the foundation is there. Um, it continues to get bigger. Um, we see the numbers. We see stadiums being built. Um, but yeah, ultimately, more casual fans will tune, tune into a World Cup than for anything else involving soccer. So they're, they they have the stage, and this is their chance to perform and not only help themselves, uh, but help help the game at large. Mm, cannot wait until Monday with that opening match against Wales. 2 o'clock Eastern time, 11 o'clock Pacific time. And in Qatar, it's what time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the kickoffs for the U.S. games are at 10 p.m. local, <laughs> um, so it's 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 a lot of sitting around for the for the players um, until that 10 p.m. kickoff, and then obviously it won't end until midnight. So oh, yeah. some some late some late nights coming um, here in the group stage. <laughs> you can follow Stephen Goff on Twitter at Soccer Insider, and he covers the beautiful game for the Washington Post. Uh, so excited to have you on the show again. Be safe, of course, and we look forward to to following your report, Stephen. Excellent. Thanks for having me. I love that we just got an interview from Cutter. <laughs> That's really cool. It was a little bit of a delay, but really you couldn't tell. 
What do you think of the audio, Producer Jay? It was clear, right? You wouldn't know he was halfway around the world. No, you'd have no idea. He's literally <laughs> in the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, so crazy. cool. The only thing that we noticed or that I noticed is just that there was a slight delay of my question getting to him and then him responding, but really not bad at all. And, uh, it's a phenomenal what phones and technology can do these days. So our thanks to Stephen Goff. You can find him on Twitter, and, uh, as I have. He's uh, very well-respected, well-versed, and he's covered a lot of World Cups. All right, coming up, we've got more to get to. Uh, I actually have started listening to Tom Brady's podcast on Mondays. Crazy enough, I know. Uh, we've also got the latest from New Orleans, so we'll do a QB news because they are considering a quarterback change. Uh, we know the, the Panthers are, in fact, flip-flopping yet again. There's just a lot that we want to talk about still. Uh, Major League Baseball starting its awards announcements too. So find us on Twitter, After Hours CBS, and also on our Facebook page. We'll have a chance to introduce the candidates for TD of the week. I run out of time frequently during the months of October and November and on even into December. It's After Hours with Amy Long. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Or at CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the power. Touchdown. One man to beat 10. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Detroit Lions. First and goal Lions from the Chicago one. Goff out of the gun. Leans in, takes the snap, hands to Jamal Williams, into the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! They are an extra point away from taking the lead in this game. 
What a drive by this football team. The Indianapolis Colts. Ryan to throw, crossing pattern inside the 20 to go. The Colts 10 at the 5, and they will score a touchdown with Paris Campbell. That's a 36-yard crossing pattern all the way to the house for Paris Campbell. And the Colts are back on top as Paris finds Painter. The Green Bay Packers. Aaron Jones alone back, and a hand, fake handoff to Jones. Rodgers throws left side of the end zone. He's got it, man. Touchdown. It is the rookie, Christian Watson, for the third time today. They beat Malik Hooker. Great protection. Watson uncovered. He's got three touchdown receptions, and the Packers are an extra point away from getting this thing tied. The Minnesota Vikings. Josh Allen puts Gabe Davis in motion, and Davis is behind Allen, and he tried to push him. He didn't get out of there. He didn't get out. He did not get out. That's the safety. Give it to us. Give us the safety. Look at what's taking so long. Oh, the ball came out. Yeah, drop that ball, Josh Allen. That ball came loose. Holy cow. Wow, those are some doozies from week 10 in the NFL. And it was hard to narrow it down to these few. But we're going to give you the deets and we want you to vote for the After Hours TD of the week. First, from the Detroit Lions, it was really quite the productive and dramatic weekend for the NFC North, all except for the Chicago Bears. But they were in it till the end against the Lions. And that 91-yard drive, three minutes to go, is when Jamal Williams found the end zone. And then ultimately the Lions were able to pick off, uh, not pick off Justin Fields, but knock away a couple of passes and stop Justin from leading the charge for Chicago. So on Lions Radio, that's one of your candidates. Also in the NFC North, back three of our candidates for TD of the Week are coming from the NFC North. <laughs> Minnesota jumping on a fumble by Josh Allen at the half-yard line. Paul Allen, Pete Burchich. In fact, Paul Allen's going to join us for tomorrow's show. This was a stunner because Minnesota had just failed to get into the end zone in that final minute Got stuffed by the Bills on the half-yard line only to see that fumble and the go-ahead TD there. Uh, Even though it did go into overtime, that clearly was one of the shocking, jaw-dropping moments of the week. Wayne Larravee on Packers Radio. Christian Watson, the rookie, with four catches and three touchdowns. That was the tying TD in the fourth quarter that helped the Packers rally against the Cowboys. And then the lone touchdown that's not from the NFC North would be the Colts and Matt Ryan as the quarterback yet again leading the charge against the Raiders in Vegas five minutes to go their go-ahead score was a 35-yard pass to Paris Campbell Matt Taylor with the call on Colts radio so you can vote on our show Twitter after our CBS or my Twitter a law radio we'll put those candidates up on our Facebook page as well interested to see who you single out, what you choose for your TD of the week. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. I have to say that I'm going to vote for the Paris Campbell because that drive featured my favorite moment of the entire NFL weekend. 
I'm not dissing or downplaying any of the other critical moments. They all matter, and the NFL is the best reality show on TV. But to see Matt Ryan pull the wheels out of his bag and use them for the game against the Raiders was hysterical. (laughs) The Colts were facing a long, was it a third down? It was third and 18, right? Third and 20, something along those lines. Uh, I know it was a fourth and 18 for Justin Jefferson. So too bad that wasn't a touchdown, which that one hated grab, but it was a long third down and the Red Sea parted for the elder statesman. Raiders 20, Colts 19. Colts back to the line of scrimmage. Out of the gun, Matt Ryan to pass. Has time. Shuffled out. And he's going to take off and run. He's got a first down and more. 35, 40, 45. Cut back, 50. Still going down the far sideline. And he's tripped up inside the Raider 40. Matt Ryan looked like an Olympic sprinter down the far sideline. First down for the quarterback. I mean, we had guys who really stepped up and made plays. Uh, Matt. With his, with his, I think it was his career longest run. Uh, yeah, lightning, right? We're going we're to start the uh, zone read with Matt from now on. I mean, from that, from that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, maybe it was a one-time thing. Maybe you, you take your winnings and you get the heck away from the table. <laughs> that was really cool. I loved it. I mean, literally, the entire right side of the field just opened up, and it took Matt a while to get going, uh, but he did, in fact, get going and picked up 39 yards before the defense had any idea what was happening. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, the The Colts may not be able to put a couple more wins together. I don't know what the rest of this season holds for them, but I do love the energy that I saw from them. You play the hand that you're dealt. It's not like they chose to play the Raiders in the first game with Matt Saturday as (laughs) Matt Saturday. It's like a married couple. Uh, Jeff Saturday as their head coach. And I certainly understand the criticism. I said that earlier. I empathize with what Bill Cowher had to say. And I know that there are probably other coaches who feel the same way, who are frustrated that this job went to a guy who's got no coaching experience when many of them have toiled for years waiting for an opportunity, including some of them who are on that coaching staff currently uh, who are left behind in the wake of Frank Reich getting fired. But it is Jim Ursay's team to do with what he wants. He's the boss and he's the the man who makes the, the hiring decisions ultimately. And the players have nothing to do. Well, that's not true. They have something to do with it because they're the ones who are out on the field executing or not executing. So for them uh, to be discouraged the week that they went through finding out that Reich was was getting dismissed and that Jeff Saturday was getting hired, now having him stand in front of them uh, and all of the, not just the emotions, but some of the confusion and the changes different voice calling the plays, uh, different guys on the sidelines in different capacities. It throws them for a loop as well. To have the ability to go out there and play football, and the offensive line played extremely well in this game. I don't know where the O-line's been hiding, but the offensive line for the Colts has been a major challenge for them. It's been a major problem for them. And they went out there and performed probably the best that they have all season, which should say something. They were galvanized. And, and I don't want to put that on the the feet of Frank Wright, because I don't think that's fair. Um, But I do believe that this team could have given up. They could have gone out and kind of half-assed it and not given any effort whatsoever. That's not what they did. They took it personally. Maybe they played 
better because they felt badly about the fact that Frank just got fired. Um, so the the all the O line played well. Jonathan Taylor healthy. He is a huge weapon. We know that. So for him to be able to get out there and run the way that he has, uh, well, he hasn't in a long time, or the run the way that he's capable was a major piece of this. And then Matt Ryan's leadership and not turning the ball over and not only spreading the ball around and using the guys that he's got, but the O-line blocking in front of him. He was not sacked. You know that he was not sacked, which is huge. Again, this offensive line has been a major weakness, and it's been a head-scratcher as well. We've talked to people who cover the Colts, and they don't know why it's been so bad. Um, I, I was impressed by what I saw. 207 yards rushing and no sacks for your quarterback who does not generally move well. <laughs> That's a big deal. Uh, so, yeah, to, to be able to come up with a win, I don't care who it's against or where it is, this is a big deal. And, of course, they're still processing the fact that Jeff Saturday is their head coach. Um, but Jonathan Taylor speaks highly of him even after just the one game. It's not about him getting a, a bunch of wins. It's not about him being at the forefront. It's, he just wants to see the men and women of the Indianapolis Colts succeed. He definitely is a Colt for life. And he's talked about his passion that he has for this team. Uh, so that's that's one huge step. We know he's a leader because he was a center. He was a pro bowler. We know that he can inspire guys. We know that he was a captain. Uh, he certainly was able to give it back to Peyton Manning and not be afraid of the future Hall of Fame quarterback. He's got a lot of the intangibles that you would want out of a captain and also want out of a head coach. Can he handle everything that's on his plate? The media responsibilities. Can he handle the demands on his time? It's not just about game plans. It's also about delegating. It's about game management when you're in the heat of the moment. There's so many ways that coaches get derailed and so many things that coaches aren't prepared for until they're actually doing it. But they survived. One win can go a long way. And I hope that it does for the Indianapolis Colts. Can we run it down yeah, there? Play we run it down yeah, there. Jeff, okay, so we will. <laughs> I was kind of bummed. Well, kind of bummed. I was majorly bummed and disappointed that there was no Peyton and Eli uh, last night for Monday Night Football. Hey, I, I, They're off until after Thanksgiving, which is uh, a, a total bummer. But it, it'll be fun to see them back and presumably Jeff Saturday's coaching through the end of the year unless Jim Irsay has another change of heart. All right, coming up, we're going to take a step off of the beaten path. It's important. It's something we should talk about. It's something that was dominating the college football world and college sports world on Monday. Tragic, hard to talk about, but definitely important. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. 
You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Wars Podcast. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. By now, you have probably heard about the tragedy at the University of Virginia. Uh, Charlottesville, Virginia. This is where my older niece went to school. Love Charlottesville. It's a beautiful community. People are always excited to visit there. It feels like it's a gorgeous campus. And the year that my niece graduated, it was a massive graduation ceremony, was just a couple months after Virginia had won the national championship in men's college basketball. So they take pride in their sports teams, and there's a real community there. And my heart just goes out to not only the families of the football players who were lost in a shooting, but the whole community, uh, because it's one of those college towns, as I say, that has a lot of spirit and it's really pretty and people love to visit. And no doubt this has rocked the entire campus and the whole community there in Charlottesville. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. So former University of Virginia football player himself, who's now in custody, suspected of killing three of his former teammates and wounding two other students. This was late Sunday night, and according to authorities, he was waiting for a bus to return from what was a field trip. And when the bus did return to campus, he opened fire. He was picked up a few hours later in a nearby county. He's been arrested and charged with three counts of second-degree murder and three counts of using a handgun in the commission of a felony. Christopher Darnell Jones, who was a freshman running back on the roster in 2018, and he'd also played high school ball in Virginia. Right now, the two students that are in the hospital are in different conditions. One is listed as critical. One is listed as good. And they've not been identified yet. At least by the school. I think their names are out there. But they've not been identified yet by the school. As you can imagine, it's it's devastating. How do you even prepare for something like this if you're the head coach of a football team? Virginia's coach is Tony Elliott. And he used the words devastation, and heartache. And so the charter bus comes back from a field trip and the shooter allegedly was waiting in the parking lot for them and opened fire on the bus on Sunday night. Lots of other coaches, students speaking out, 
around the fraternity of college football. There's not that many teams. These students cross paths a lot. One of the students who died was a transfer from Wisconsin, and so it affected that campus and that team as well. And then Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, there's ties there. So with the transfer portal and the amount of movement that takes place now in college football and really in college sports, not to mention the coaches who all know each other very well, especially in conference, there are ripple effects. Other coaches, other teams, former teammates. And so it was casting a very dark cloud and really hard for a lot of teams and coaches to process on Monday as the news was breaking. My thoughts, my prayers, peace of my heart uh, goes out to those who tragically lost their lives at the University of Virginia today. Our football program extends its deepest sympathies to the families of those who were killed and uh, those who were shot. Few words can express our sympathy at a time like this, but uh, we're here to help and support our players. Olu, um, it's been a been a tough night for him, and he's been in contact with his his teammates there. But uh, we just send our uh, our thoughts and prayers. Certainly a very tragic day in uh, uh, Charlottesville, and, and our thoughts and prayers uh, are with the football players um, at Virginia who were senseless victims of uh, shooting on their campus uh, early this morning. Uh, it's tragic. Um, our hearts go out to them, the football program, the university. Just senseless violence. Um, you know, co- college campuses should be a, a place where it's uh, – violent, free, and what happened yesterday is, is certainly heartbreaking, and we, we certainly pray for all those involved, and, uh, you know, certainly uh, hits close to home as well, you know, uh, having players that um, actually had relationships with um, players on the team. So, again, thoughts and prayers with, with everybody involved, and um, we, we will uh, certainly keep an eye on this, uh, this matter. That's the voice of Brian Kelly, head coach of LSU. And before that, Jim Harbaugh. And you hear each of them mention that they've got players on their own roster in their own locker rooms who do have ties and do have relationships with members of the Virginia team, including those who were lost. This actually, the the press conference that Virginia held, and, and we'll give you some of that audio as we head forward through the rest of the show, was taking place on Monday morning, late Monday morning, Eastern time, when they found out. So the news broke while they were doing their press conference that the alleged shooter had been apprehended. And there is also uh, comments from the the alleged shooter's father who told a Richmond TV station that he was in disbelief because he got the phone call from police on Monday I mean, I can't even imagine being in that situation. Uh, Do we have time for the Dabo Swinney as well? All right, so Dabo Swinney of Clemson also speaking Monday. Just pure evil, uh, first of all. And, uh, you know, I've talked to Tony two or three times today. Um, You really, it's just hard to even really process, uh, you know, what they're going through right now. And, 
But, you know, as I told Tony this morning, um, you know, there's just nothing worse as a coach than to, than to you know, lose a player. And, uh, you know, to, to deal with what they're going to have to deal with uh, in the coming days and weeks, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's a really, really tough situation. But as I told Tony, uh, the one thing I know about Tony Elliott is there's no person more equipped – uh, to lead his team and minister to his team than Tony Elliott. And uh, I'm just thankful that he's, he's the man there with those kids. Uh, and uh, because I know it's, it's going to, it's devastating to him, but I know he's equipped uh, to lead them and, uh, and to just, just share in their pain. And, uh, but you're just, all of our hearts are broken and heavy today, uh, and uh, you know our prayers are, are with uh, you know, Virginia, their team, uh, all those families, um, and just uh, you know the coaches. I mean, it's just a really devastating day. Dabo echoing the sentiments of so many around the sports world. It's after hours, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.